Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast from the First Christian Church in Great Bend, Kansas. We are a church with a mission of inspiring ordinary people to live extraordinary lives for Christ. It really doesn't matter who you are, what you have done, or how you choose to worship. You belong here. We pray that this week's sermon blesses you and that you feel God's presence through it today. So this morning, we are in the fourth and final week of our sermon series called Unstuck. And remember, what we're doing in this series is getting into and wrestling with a couple of the biggest ways that you and I can get stuck in life. And this week, now that we have worked our way through getting unstuck from our grudges, our grief, and the past, we are going to be getting into a topic that comes with a bit of a stigma, or one of those topics that many people struggle with, but nobody really talks about. And that is the topic of being emotionally stuck. Or to get a bit more specific, today we're going to talk about mental illness. And to help you get a sense of just how big a deal mental health is in our world today, I want you to raise your hand if you yourself have struggled with or if you know someone who struggles with mental illness. Everybody, if you know, raise your hand. I want you guys to look around, right? I mean, it's, it's pretty amazing. I want you to see how big a deal it is. Well, this is what the experts tell us. 26% of Americans age 18 and older, about one-fourth of all adults, suffer from a diagnosable mental disorder in a given year. Even more than that, 46.4%, or almost half the population of America, will deal with the mental illness at some point in their life. So again, I want you to see that this is one and two will deal with this in their life. It is a big deal. Now, to get into this topic, what I'm going to be doing, instead of giving you the sermon like I normally do, although it is in a sermon form, I'm going to share with you a kind of testimony regarding my experience with mental illness and what God has taught me through it and how God has gotten me through to the other side. And the reason I believe I'm being called to tell you all my story, even though if I'm honest with you guys, I'm, this is pretty uncomfortable for me. You know, usually I, I'm nervous about sermons, but this has been something that is weighing on my heart because I have to get vulnerable today. So I ask that you bear with me. But the, the reason I think I got to share this with you is, is, first of all, the last time I shared some of my story, I was blown away by how many people reached out to me personally or, or how many people in this church are struggling right now. Secondly, according to the experts, we seem to be living through a mental health crisis in our country with rural Kansas being one of those places where people really seem to be struggling. But... The most important reason we need to talk about this difficult topic is because in the last three years, and this is just what I know, within this church, we have had two adults, many of you who, who know these people, but would never guess in a million years they're struggling with something so big that have attempted suicide. And those are just the ones that I know. So for me, this is just one of those topics we've got to spend some time with to not only help many of you get the help you need, but also to help those of you who don't have a mental illness understand what it's like so you might just gain a bit more compassion for those who struggle. So, you guys think you're ready for this? I'm not, but I got nothing else to talk about, so we'll do it, huh? All right, so basically, I was born a type A personality or the kind of person who was achievement-oriented, competitive, impatient. And not only that, but I was born to two type A personalities in my mom and dad. And what that means for me is I am wound tight. 
I'm just one of those people who naturally carries around with him more stress than Norma. But what happened to me my freshman year of college that took all that natural stress that I already had and took, that, that took it to a craziness at a whole other level is one seemingly normal day while eating with some friends in the cafeteria, I got severely choked on a piece of roast beef. So much so that I started to turn blue. They were getting behind me, getting ready to do the Heimlich, right? But luckily I got it down. I got it down enough to breathe. But the other part of that is it got stuck in my esophagus and was there for three days. So I couldn't eat or drink anything for the next three days. And I remember the release after it finally got unstuck and went down. Now, I know at first that doesn't seem like a big deal because most of us at some point in our lives have experienced getting choked. I mean, it's not fun, but it's something most of us just move on from like it's not that big a deal. But what happened to me, given that place I was in my life, is for me in that moment, for the first time, I became aware of just how fragile life can be. I became aware of the fact that any time and in any place, I could just cease to exist. I could just die. And it could be something as simple as getting a piece of food stuck in your throat, which, of course, it changed everything for me. Because before that event, like most young people, suffering and death was something that happened to all those people out there, but not me. But because of my experience, I was now able to see that I really wasn't 10 foot tall and bulletproof, but a fragile human being just like everybody else. And for me, in that time and place, it was absolutely horrifying. So then what happened is because I'm just one of those people who already runs at about an 8 out of 10, is the trauma of that event, that existential crisis that I had, pushed me beyond what I could handle, and I developed an anxiety disorder. And in thinking back through all of that now, almost 25 years later, because at the time I really had no idea what was happening to me, that really is the moment when my life took a huge, unexpected, unwanted turn, and I got emotionally stuck, or I got trapped in my mental illness. Now, the smart thing to do when this hits you, when this happens to you, is you make a phone call, you reach out, and you ask for help, right? That's the best thing that you can do in that situation when you're overwhelmed. Go get some help. That's what I should have done. But because I have type A parents from the old school, they told me, suck it up, buttercup. You're going to have to figure this out on your own. And because I was a devoted Christian who at the time believed that if I was faithful enough, God would eventually just come in and heal me, I chose not to get help. Which, by the way, looking back, absolutely horrible decision that it's not something that God wanted for me. Because what happened after that is I spent the next almost 12 years living a nightmare or a life that was consumed by fear and anxiety, which is not only the kind of stress that consumed my thoughts and feelings all the time, but it's the kind of psychosomatic stress that started to rear its ugly head in all kinds of ways. Or for starters... I began to have panic attacks at least a couple of times a week. And for those of you who have never experienced the joy of a panic attack, imagine this impending sense of doom coming over your life like something horrible is about to happen, even though everything is just fine. And then because of that, you start sweating profusely, your heart begins to race, you get lightheaded, but the worst part of a panic attack is you gasp for breath. It feels like you can't breathe. Another way this anxiety affected me is I, have, I had severe heart palpitations. And for those of you who have never experienced these wonderful things, what happens is instead of going about your day never thinking about your heart because it just does what it's supposed to do, 
At different points during the day, you become aware of your heart not only beating faster than normal, but not beating as it's supposed to beat. Or, or all of a sudden, like a rock concert when the drummer does all those crazy things in the solo, that's what happens in your chest. And, and what makes it worse is the stress that, that caused that in the first place then begins to build because of this heart palpitation. And it just keeps building upon itself and building upon itself until it takes over your life. Another way this stress and anxiety showed up in my life was in the form of chronic dizziness. In that whether I was walking around, sitting in class, taking notes, or even preaching, it's like all of a sudden from out of nowhere, my world would just begin to tilt. Right, So much so that I would have to grab onto something because I thought I was falling. And then what happened after that, it was either followed by a couple of hours or maybe even a couple of days of trying to go about life with this low-level dizziness, always being in the background, reminding me that something wasn't right. Yet, the most horrifying and strange thing that happened when this anxiety showed up in my life is I was afraid to eat. Yep, you guys hear that? I was afraid to eat. Because of my experience with choking, which actually happened to me a couple of times after that as well, I developed a fear of eating. It's called pseudodysphagia, which means at different points in my life when my anxiety would get out of control, I not only dreaded the thought of eating, which is absolutely ridiculous. Who doesn't love to eat, right? But I did. I dreaded it. And what I would have to do is I would have to force myself to eat for months at a time until I could get back to that place where I'd never thought about it. I just ate just like everyone else. Oh, and guess what? How many people knew about what I was dealing with in the background? How many people did I, you think I share this with? Yeah. I mean, there was like two or three people in my life that knew this. On the outside, I had it all together. Got through college, you know, graduated at the top of my class. Everybody thought I was doing great and wonderful. Then went to seminary, knocked it out of the park, and seminary did well there. Nobody had a clue what was going on in the background. Got into my first church. Everything was going well. We were growing there. Still, nobody knew my secret. And why didn't they know? There's a stigma about mental illness. Oh, and by the way, as a minister, it's even bigger. Because you're the one who's supposed to have it all figured out, right? Well, I didn't. And I still don't. So if that bothers you, you might want to go find the church where someone's claiming to have it all figured out. Anyway. <laughs> now, I know at this point, if, if you've never dealt with this stuff before, it sounds absolutely crazy, right? Or, or the questions that many people ask me, well, why didn't you just calm down? Why didn't you just breathe? Why didn't you just, you know, why did it take over your life? That's what I would have done. Well, to answer your question, having a mental illness is not a logical thing. It's not something that you can just think yourself out of, but something that even if you know what is going on, that just comes in and takes over your life. Or like we read in the New Testament, when people are taken over by some kind of evil demonic force, which is not something that they can control, but just happens to them. It's kind of like how a mental illness works. Or in fact, I think it can be argued that part of what's going on in the gospels with demon possession is ancient people, given their limited knowledge of the world, trying to make sense of how something they cannot see can just come in and take over people's lives. Which, by the way, is a very, very important point to get for those of you who have never dealt with mental illness. Because it shows you that this is not something people choose. This is something that happens to people. It's beyond their control. Something that oftentimes they have to get help with because they can't do it by themselves. Which is finally what happened to me after spending 12 years of my life doing everything I could to try to get over it on my own. 
all the while begging God every single day to set me free from this nightmare that I was living in. And then after spending thousands upon thousands of dollars going to all the medical specialists to deal with these symptoms that I was having, which included a heart monitor, a stress test, a sonogram, a swallow test, a brain scan. I have proof I do have a brain, by the way, just to let you know on that deal. I finally took the advice of the experts and got some help. Or even though I didn't want to because I thought, in a sense, it made me a failure, someone who didn't have enough faith, reluctantly, I started to take an anti-anxiety pill to see if I could cause this nightmare to end. Because I really was getting to the point where I was about to break. And then guess what happened? Almost immediately, it's like that part of my brain that had been turned up to a 10 for the last 12 years consuming my existence, it started to get turned down. At first it was subtle, it went from like a, a 10 to an A, but then as the medication began to take effect, the anxiety and fear that had been controlling my life for 12 years started to melt away. Or what I started to experience after taking the medication is not a life filled to overflowing with anxiety, fear, but a normal life, a life without panic attacks and dizziness where I didn't think about eating or the drum solos were just gone. Or what I ultimately experienced when I finally gave in and got some help was the miracle of being set free. The miracle of getting emotionally unstuck. And it was and still is one of the best things that has ever happened to me. I wouldn't be the man I am today. I wouldn't be sitting here today if it wasn't for that moment when I finally reached out and got some help. Okay, so, so now you guys get a gist of my story. Let me share you the biggest thing that God taught me through all of this. And the reason I share this is because I think some of you need to hear it. So about five months after I started taking medication and had finally gotten to a pretty good place in my life, I began to think back through all those years of being emotionally stuck. And what I remember happening to me while asking God the question, you know, which is a question I think we all ask, why didn't you help me sooner? I mean, I have been faithful to you all these years, even giving my life to the point of ministry. Why didn't you just show up and help me? Why didn't you set me free? And the answer that came back to me, and you guys know what I'm talking about. You got that still small voice in your head where the spirit speaks to me. God said something like this. I tried to help you over and over and over again. You didn't listen. You've got to listen to me. And then what happened in my mind is I'm kind of thinking through all of that stuff. I thought back to all those people, experts, non-experts, over all the years who kept telling me over and over again, hey man, you probably have anxiety. Why don't you go talk to someone? Why don't you see if you can take some medication to get some help? And what dawned on me in that moment, or what God was teaching me through all of that, is he helped me to see that not only do we serve the kind of God who enters into horrible situation and does unexplainable miracles which set people free. I've seen it. I've experienced it. It's amazing. But it's also the case that we serve the kind of God who calls brilliant people to attend school for way too long to learn about how our bodies and minds work so as his hands and feet, they too in his name can do miracles we can explain. And the, the goal, the, the result is exactly the same. God's people being set free. Or in other words, what God taught me through all of this when it comes to mental illness is it's okay to ask for help. Even more than that, it's a good thing to ask for help. And in turn, 
What I think all of that means for you and I today is for those of you who are lucky and who have never had to deal with a mental illness, congratulations, you win. Uh, you need to celebrate that because you don't want it. But I need you people to, to cut the rest of us some slack. I need you, instead of jumping directly to judging our strange behaviors, like somehow we have chosen this nightmare, I need you to offer some grace and understanding as we go about figuring out what we need to do to get unstuck. And even more than that, if you see us struggling, I need you to offer us some help. And then for all of you unlucky people out there who have dealt with a mental illness in your life, or for those of you who are really, really unlucky, whose life is a battle with your mental illness daily, first of all, may you come to see that this is not your fault. This is not something that you brought on yourself, but instead is either a chemical imbalance in your brain or a result of trauma. So quit blaming yourself, quit feeling embarrassed, quit trying to hide it, and under no circumstance may you come to think that a mental illness is caused by your lack of faith. No, instead, what I want you to do, if you haven't done it already, is you've got to begin to pray for God to come in and help you or for God to save you from that nightmare. But as you pray that prayer, May you get up, quit feeling embarrassed, quit making excuses, and go ask others for help. Or, please, 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 do not do what I did and get stuck in your mental illness because you think you can handle it and waste 12 years of your life. Instead, go get help because that's probably the best chance that you have to get unstuck from your mental illness or it's the only way you are going to get back to that normal life that you long for. So, now do you guys understand why I'm a little bit nervous about telling you all this stuff? But hopefully at the same time while you see that, you understand why it's something we have to talk about. Um, for those of you who struggle, again, I'll just say it. Go get help. It's okay to get help. You need to be free. God wants you to be free. God uses people in, in specific ways to do that. And then for those of you who are dealing with someone who has mental illness, may you find some compassion and caring. May you, instead of judging, go in and see what it is that you can do to help. Because if we'll do that for one another, I think it'll make all of us better. Let us pray. Father, this is a big one for many people. And for others, it's not even on their radar. And so my prayer today, um, specifically for people who are struggling at this moment, is that you will remind them that you will help them to see that this is not a punishment. This is not something that... You want for them, but instead, oh Lord, it's something that has happened as a result of trauma or something going on in the brain. Maybe it's genetic. And so we pray, Lord, that if they're struggling with that, that they'll just go get help. And that as they go get help, Lord, you'll show them the people that they know need to go see the things that they need to do to get set free. And then for the rest of those who just have never dealt with it, who don't understand it, may you give them some compassion and see so that instead of judging and pointing fingers, they can offer help so that we'll all be much better. Lord, we ask this in your name and for our sake. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon, and we hope you are able to join us next week. To learn more about FCC Great Bend, visit us online at firstchristianchurchgb.com. Again, that's firstchristianchurchgb.com. God bless and have a great week.